0: Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C L A U D E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Good morning, good afternoon, good day, wherever you are. Welcome back to episode six of the waveform podcast i'm your host marquez brownlee and i'm andrew manganelli and we've got some great stuff planned for you in a, a pretty long podcast so in this episode we'll talk through the new family of current and future microsoft products and our trip to their campus and then we have our first ever guest in waveform history fellow tech youtuber quinn from snazzy labs and also possibly the only youtuber i know that's taller than me and we'll talk about tesla talk about hackintosh live streaming we got q a it's a big one buckle up welcome to techtober so normally we hit
1: this part up with a, a recap of everything, but I think we're going to stretch our recap out a little further than normal. So let's uh, yeah. let's do a content suggestion beforehand. Uh, okay. I think I have a pretty good one for you. You've probably heard about it, but uh, there's a new series on Netflix called Inside Bill's Brain, and it's a documentary all about, about Bill Gates. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Microsoft later, so I think it's a perfect episode to talk about this. And actually on our trip back from Microsoft,
0: I watched it on the plane and it was It was
1: pretty fascinating.
0: I love that it exists. I, when I, when I was thinking about, you know, that Bill Gates interview we did, the whole process leading up to that was me watching as much information Mm -hmm. about Bill's past interviews and possible things to ask him as I possibly could. So I think that would be an interesting addition to watch.
1: Yeah. I think we just talking to him for like 20 minutes that we did was just kind of mind blowing, listening to him talk and how quickly he, he thinks of things and how he thinks of things. And now you got a guy who was with him for two years. So imagine how deep he goes, uh, really really great it kind of goes over his early life it goes over meeting melinda and how much him and melinda have done in the bill and melinda gates foundation and then all about everything he did at microsoft how he started microsoft how he went through them being called a monopoly how he solves mm. problems it's okay so i'll, I'll check
0: and that's netflix you said netflix yeah highly right. recommended inside bill's mind bill's brain inside bill's brain perfect <laughs> nice all right so we can jump into a quick recap of other videos leading up to what we have now from the last podcast. So we had the OnePlus 7T review. Yeah, That, it's an interesting phone. Um, I don't really have any fact corrections or anything other than like, it's just a a fascinating existence for this phone because it's coming to the US where allegedly the OnePlus 7T Pro that might come later this year will not come to the US, which is backwards. So last year, the OnePlus 7 did not come to the US and the OnePlus 7 Pro did. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a, a flip and I was really looking forward to OnePlus Seven T Pro or whatever the next Pro yeah. phone is called. So that'll be interesting. But in a lot of ways, this seven T is better than the Seven Pro, even though it's cheaper. But you you stayed on the Seven Pro, right? I, I did a little flip-flop. Oh, I, yeah. I was reviewing the seven and I had some little gripes about the display. So when I was finished reviewing it, I did switch back to the 7 Pro. Okay. And then I got really annoyed with the curved screens again. Oh, wow. And I switched back and I'm back on the 7T on the flat screen. I didn't know that.
1: I have to pay more attention
0: at work, apparently, because yep. I didn't yep. even notice that. So I'm dailying the OnePlus 7T. We have Pixel right around the corner. We have possibly another OnePlus announcement coming up this year. But as of right now, OnePlus 7T, despite its lower resolution display, is in my pocket that's very interesting yeah so that's that review came out you can check that out and of course we also had iPhone 11 gosh we've talked about these phones so much but the iPhone 11 review uh, the theme of it was uh, it's just so easy Mm -hmm. everything about this phone is it's easy to recommend it's easy to review and explain what's new Um, honestly if you're probably gonna recommend a phone to like your mom to to upgrade her iPhone or your friend who's just like hey are these new phones any good like it's a, a sentence or two of like, yeah, well, the iPhone 11's pretty great, nice camera, good battery. It's an iPhone. You probably like it yeah. if you like iPhones. That
1: conversation is probably should I get the new iPhone?
0: Yes. Yeah, go for it. There you go. Nope. It was no, that no glaring no yeah. issues. Yeah. So <laughs> super easy. So those two reviews came out this week. And then we arrived at Microsoft Week. Yes. Slowly, but also kind of quickly. Microsoft has arrived as one of the most exciting tech companies of the second half of this year. Is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say. So they announced and unveiled a whole ton of products. A week ago, we were out on that top secret trip to, now we can say, it Uh was Microsoft's headquarters near Seattle up in Redmond, Washington. And we, uh, we got a sneak peek at all of the stuff that came out today. The Surface Pro 7, the Surface Laptop 3, the Surface Pro X the Surface headphones or earbuds. Earbuds, yeah. And then we had a little bit of a sneak peek at the Surface Neo and the Surface Duo. All of the the first things I talked about are coming out in this holiday season. They're actually already up for pre-order. And then the, the last two, Surface Neo and Surface Duo, these foldables are coming out next year. So they gave us a little bit of a is, sneak preview. It was official for next year, or was that just future product? They ended up saying on stage it will be oh, for yeah. holiday they season did. 2020.
1: Awesome. Yeah. That's really exciting, actually.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm pumped for those things. So I guess let's just break down quickly the things that came out this year. So the Surface Pro 7 is maybe the most uh, boring update. It looks the same as the Surface Pro 6, but it has USB Type-C and has the new Intel chips inside. So it's a minor refresh. Yeah. Um, so, of course, continuing that line that's been pretty successful, safe easy, yeah. <laughs> similar to what Apple's doing. Mm-hmm. But now we also have the sort of next generation of Surface, which is also a two-in-one, also with a kickstand, Surface Pro X. It's much thinner, it's got two USB Type-C ports, it comes in matte black, and it's arm-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's got these thinner bezels, a little bit of a bigger 13-inch screen. And I, I thought it was kind of nice. I don't know if you got to ho- hold really any cool. of these things, but like holding it was, was encouraging, it was a good weight. The kickstand felt sturdy. Um, And these are all things that Microsoft spends a ton of time on, as we'll mention later. And and the stuff we talked about the labs, but um, I think the uh, Surface Pro X was pretty interesting. I thought one of the coolest things about it is seems almost low
1: tech, but where they stored the pencil in the. In the case, right. it's just like literally just the little flip-up case flips up a little tiny more. You wouldn't even notice it. And then you flip it down and there's the pencil and
0: it was charging the whole time. And the thing about that being it's sitting there the entire time is yeah. it's wireless charging in there. So every time you take it out, it's at 100%. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a little bit better. I always get a little bit annoyed by the iPad Pro pencil. Yes, it is magnetized to the side, but as soon as I put it in my bag, it just falls off. Yeah, it's like it's cool. Else. It's cool that it sort of latches on there and charges, but it's not sort of natively comfortable there all the time Mm -hmm. so this is really cool so it'll always be charged 100% every time you take it out of that little cradle and put it back and it'll you'll never worry about battery life on it it's pretty cool and then there was a surface laptop 3 i like this a lot i i think i'm gonna try to make that surface laptop 3 13 inch my new daily laptop because i don't need a mac necessarily on my laptop anymore the surface laptop 2 in matte black was my favorite windows laptop of last year it was almost perfect except for the lack of USB type C. Now it has one USB Type-C port. Okay. It's still, it fast charges, but still through that sort of proprietary Mm -hmm. charger, which is a little bit annoying. I kind of wish there were like three USB Type-C ports and it charged via one of them. So that's maybe the only bummer, but it's glad to see that there's a USB Type-C port there. You can
1: still charge through the USB-C
0: though, right? I'm not actually sure because we we didn't have a USB-C port last year. It would make sense, yes. Maybe not fast charging. If I
1: remember correctly, and don't quote me on this, he said, you can still charge through USB-C, but the proprietary is still there because it offers oh, fast, fast charging. charging and.
0: and yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So if I just bring around whatever USB-C charger I bring for everything, mm-hmm. it'll still work, maybe just not 80% in half an hour mm-hmm. or an hour. So yeah. that's still encouraging. Either way, I want to daily that. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I think that's going to be a fun one. Did uh
1: did last year's have the Alcantara on matte black? Because they, they changed that a little bit this year where
0: I think two models don't have it and two models do have it. Let me go look at it right now. Okay. Hold on. Sorry. So yeah, it's got that Alcantara keyboard and the soft touch like hand palm rest or whatever yeah. when you're when you're up against the laptop. The little bit of a taller aspect ratio, I also kind of like because a lot mm-hmm. of stuff I'm doing on my laptop is writing. I have two windows open next to each other. I want them to be kind of tall. Sure. Um, so the screen's great. It's a touchscreen. I don't use touchscreens on laptops at all. Are you a touchscreen laptop guy? I'm not in fact. I find most of the time when I'm using
1: a laptop that has a touchscreen, I'll go try and wipe a smudge off it, and Lord knows what's going to oh, happen yeah. on the screen. I'm resizing a window or closing out of something, so I don't know. For me, touchscreen's not a big thing. I've seen people who are good at touchscreen, hmm. and it's really impressive. I think Linus has come in here before, and you know, I, he just dangles he that He just thing dangles and, that laptop while he's walking man. around, but I've seen him just like tap tap screen type type tap 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 so huh. uh, i guess if you're good
0: at it it's probably pretty useful but it's not something if you uh, get in the flow it'll yeah. get, if you if you get in that flow it can be really good that's just a phrase they like saying often on stage <laughs> get in the flow uh yeah no if you get in that workflow then you can make the touchscreen useful i also made an it was an older video kind of an embarrassingly old video <laughs> about where i talked about why i don't use touchscreen laptops and this hinge wobble oh no yeah. matter how good the hinge is on any laptop every single it laptop have it. it will always wobble mm-hmm. when you touch the screen so you know i'm a trackpad kind of guy and the trackpad's 20 percent bigger mm-hmm. on the new ones so i'm i'm pumped I, I i'll leave it at that you can watch the impressions video if you haven't seen it but we'll get that in for review and definitely check it out there's also a 15 inch variant with amd ryzen chips that are custom engineered as well so whole bunch going on with microsoft definitely watch those videos And by the time you hear this, there may also be the interview with Satya Nadella up on the channel. Just a ton happening in October already. I would like to talk about the future devices, though, too, because those are actually pretty interesting. Yeah. So they had Surface Neo and Surface Duo. Surface Neo was, uh, well, they were both foldable and they were both dual screen. Surface Neo was more of the size of like a small laptop and Mm. one screen on each side and surface duo was more like a clamshell phone type of thing yeah two five and a half one handed one handed exactly and no screens on the outside so there's just these clean super thin like really really thin devices and on one hand i gotta wonder it's sort of fascinating like why is microsoft showing us these super early things a year in advance but the more you think about it the more it makes sense they need to get app developers on board to start making their apps yeah, compatible. Yeah. There's a new fork of Windows. It's Windows 10X. There's going to be an Android version on the smaller the smaller phone. I guess we're calling it a phone, but it's also sort of like a phone tablet type yeah, thing. Yeah. But either way, um, super early to be showing us this, but I like the idea of the 360 hinge. We have this folding phone world happening, unfolding in front unfolding. of us. <laughs> oh man. Um, but I, I kind of like that idea.
1: I do too. When you First pulled it out. We've seen the fold, so when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh man, like yeah. that's not that cool." Because we saw one where it actually does that, right? But then
0: the, the gut reaction is like, "Oh, this isn't really a
1: folding screen. Exactly. It's not so cool." But then the minute he started holding it, opening it, and like flipping it up on the back of each other, I was like, "Wait a minute, that's yeah. we're at a whole different aspect here." Like, yeah, maybe the screen doesn't connect in the middle, but there's so much more you can do now being able to fold that in a 360 degree.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, we got to the Galaxy Fold and like trying to fold it backwards because obviously the hinge stops at 180 mm-hmm. degrees. Um, this one, you don't have to worry about that as much. No. So I like the idea of being able to just like flip it open, have half your screen when you want it sometimes, and then immediately open it up and have both of them. Uh, I'm just like, I'm, I can't believe how thin they are. They re- I can't tell you how small I think those batteries are in there.
1: Yeah, he literally... Uh, the way he showed us Neo's or no Duo's the smaller one, right? Right. He had
0: it in his pocket the whole time, and we yeah. didn't
1: even notice. And he's just like, "Oh yeah," and there's this one too, and he pulls it out of his back pocket. And I was
0: like, "Oh, jeez, wow, yeah." But yeah, that's
1: you're tiny. You're saying you're concerned about battery life?
0: Yeah, potentially, because anytime you have a screen that big compared to the device, mm-hmm. you look at you know how long is battery gonna last, and then also when it's that thin. Battery has to be small. It folds in half. So you're splitting the battery in half. So now they're not not—they're not going the whole width of the phone. So, you know, we'll see. There's a lot of questions yet to be answered. There's no spec list for it yet. This is just sort of getting it out there um, ahead of... Is this the ultimate leak combat strategy is announce it a year just early? Announce it your... <laughs> this oh, is kind of oh, the that's... extreme of that, right? That's a pretty
1: good point. It's going to be hard to leak stuff. Um, <laughs> if you just announce it if before you just, it comes yeah, out. Is, wow. Yeah. This is going to make events really boring or really exciting. Really boring for the thing you're about to play with, but Welcome then really the excited for the next year. Yeah, Welcome I'm surprised to Pixel Microsoft 4 didn't
0: show off the, the Pixel 4 at the end of it. <laughs> Honestly, if they just pulled the Pixel 4 out their back pocket, I would not have been shocked. Not at all. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing the Pixel 5, 6, and 7 uh, at our, our Google event this year. <laughs> um, all right. But I think the most underrated part that we didn't really show too much in the videos was the the sort of campus tour that we did yeah. where we saw a lot of the behind the scenes.
1: I would say that tour, I went into it being super excited to just see the campus. All these tech campuses are always fascinating to see, but yeah. seeing the behind the scenes and that whole design process blew my expectations. There there were some really really cool things we saw in there. I
0: don't, I really where should we even start? Well, they had pretty much every imaginable machine. Anytime you go to one of these, they sort of show you a couple different design iterations yeah. of each product. So for the the headphones for example, which are kind of interesting looking, but they yeah, showed us bit. like 9, 10 different previous much uglier versions mm-hmm. of the headphones before they arrived at that finished final look. Um for the Alcantara, you know, they they bring in these samples and they try to get just the right thickness and just the right texture of the Alcantara material on the laptops before they actually Decide to manufacture it, and there's all these things uh that sort of go into that process. But maybe, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say the best part uh, uh was yeah, the I anechoic chamber. Oh, for sure, for that sure. That was so so real quick. What are we? We're saying anechoic. Does that mean anti echo? Anechoic. I don't actually know the etymology of the word anechoic, oh. but it, it is. It makes sense if that's how you think about it. Yeah, there will there are no echoes. Yeah. So there's, there's, a, sure. there's a there's a brief clip in there, and I'll probably post a photo. But it is the Guinness World Record quietest room in the world. Uh, and that's, I guess, by uh, the amount of reduction from the outside noise. So the actual ambient noise level in the room is like... It was negative 20.6. Negative yeah. 20.6 dB. Previous
1: record was negative 13. That's all they had to be. And I was I was watching a video that I'm going to post in the show notes. Uh, okay. For this guy named Gopal, he was the best go Paul's a legend yeah I I honestly think we might have to get him on the podcast one day it would be cool to do the podcast
0: oh. in the chamber so maybe paint a picture for me of, of like we were outside of it with all mm-hmm. our video gear getting ready to walk in it sounds normal when you're outside paint a picture of like outside versus inside and closing the door behind us what okay. was that like cool so like
1: we all got there we met Gopal there's this big metal door. It looked kind of like a, a walk-in freezer at like a restaurant. Huge door. Yeah. He opens that up and you can kind of, you kind of see this like little bridge. And when you walk in there, you realize that you're walking into a room that the entirety of the around the room probably has like a three to four foot gap. So he explained to us that nothing in this room was attached to the rest of the building that it's within. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much they drilled all the concrete out from around this room set it on a bunch of gigantic springs that I think is on its own foundation to avoid any type of structure noise from the building, which
0: just at that point is, is pretty incredible. It's you, a floating room within pretty a room. Much, yeah, and, and I think it was another floating room within that room. So there was no floor when we when we actually yeah, walked yeah. in. So yeah, and and you walk in, and there's this gigantic amount of foam everywhere, yeah. and you're walking on a wire floor so that there's more foam beneath your feet, and you're sort of suspended in this space, and then they close the door behind you. I'd say even before they close the door,
1: it just feels off. Like, yeah. the, the amount of echo is so reduced, even with the door wide open, and and he did a demonstration where he started clapping, and you're right. like, okay, that sounds kind of strange, and then he closes the door, and literally zero echo from the clap, which is, it sounds weird, it just sounds like a clap, but a clap with no echo is
0: strange. It's kind of weird, And but like being in that room, and this is like the, the audio nerd in me coming out, is there was absolutely no reverb, which meant like the voice you hear in this microphone was like the voice you would hear of me six feet away from you talking to you minus like, the door slamming in the background. minus right the background now. noise like literally no background noise at all if i if i walk up to you like we i don't know if you remember really really early in this studio if you clapped in this basically empty room you would hear the echo of that clap for a couple seconds in a row yeah even in a normal room like this there's a little bit of reverb and echo and bouncing off the walls and your ears use that to sort of determine how big the room you're in yeah. is when you get in this room and there's no echo at all, you lose all sense of how big or small the room you're in is and you can instantly pinpoint exactly where people are around you. it was strange. And then uh, the cherry on top was you turn the light off for a second. Yeah,
1: I feel like (laughs) you very quickly start to hear yourself swallow, then you can hear other people swallow. You can just hear literally everything and then the lights go off and that was almost overwhelming. It was like in a floating in space for a second. It was very, very strange. I think Brandon started laughing at one point because it was just so quiet and you didn't know what to do. And I think everyone was trying not to make noise, but then you knew you had to not make noise like inside of your body because it's, other it's people impossible. could hear it. You yeah.
0: literally hear yourself blink and you hear your own heart beating and like you can hear your hair growing. Uh, <laughs> my favorite, My favorite story is the, well, I'll just say not to spoil it, but he had other people in this room and had yep. done this demo before. And he was in the room and he's used to hearing people's watches and he remembers one of the people next to him, he sort of heard like a tick. Yeah. And when he turned the light back on, he mentioned to the guy, hey, I heard your watch ticking. And the guy said, I'm not wearing a watch. (laughs) And he went, oh, interesting. What? Well, I was hearing that noise. What is that? a, A pacemaker or like some other, you know, something making a constant clicking noise. And it said the guy had had recently a heart valve transplant. He had an artificial heart valve. Yeah, And that was the sound of it opening and closing as his heart was beating once per second. And And everyone in the room could hear it. Yeah, you could hear that inside the chest of the person next to you, three feet away. That's just wild. That's unbelievable. It's completely crazy. So if you ever get a chance to go in an anechoic chamber, even if it's not for a, a lab tour or some important reason, it's kind of fun. Yeah, and Microsoft uses it for, you know, actual products, not just to listen to heart valves. Oh, yeah, not just being creeps. Some some really cool
1: (laughs) stuff. Yeah, I think one of them was they go into the process of what it sounds like when you shut your laptop because they said a nice
0: sound. Yeah, let's get a little Surface ASMR here. Here's Surface Pro 2. Ooh. That's satisfying that was perfect. something about the the keyboard clacking is very confidence. yeah
1: I think they said um, that Mercedes was one of the first car manufacturers to design a, not design a sound but to have a nice crisp sound when the door shut because it made people feel more secure driving when they knew their car doors were shut. So that's kind of how, what they brought into the. I'd like the to believe lineup. they
0: engineered that sound, but I also think that might've been a coincidence and they just realized probably. it was a satisfying sound. For sure. And then they probably tried to copy it. Exactly. There yeah. you go. Either but, way, uh, they, they test fan noise. They test all sorts of other things mm-hmm. like the computers in there, but that was a lot of fun. Shout out to Gopal. If we can get him on the podcast, that would actually be, I would love that. Yeah, for sure. I would love that so much. For sure.
1: Quick thank you to to Grace and Dan for showing us around Microsoft all day and to all the engineers that took time out of their schedule. I mean, this was a week before their launch event. They probably all had stuff to do and they all sat down and talked with us for hours. And like we said, Satya took some time. He was super nice, spoke with us for a while before the biggest event of their year. Yeah, It was incredible. I thought we made a couple pretty good
0: videos out of it. Yeah, big shout out to them. Again, you can check out the, the product videos on the current products, on the foldables, on all that sort of stuff, it's all live on the channel, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So uh, let's take a quick break and come back with our first guest, Quinn from Snazzy Labs. See you soon. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it, because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, we're back with our first guest. Welcome Quinn from Snazzy Labs to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. This is the first time we've ever had a guest, and I have no idea how to do this.
2: Well, that's all right. I'm a good guest to bring on for the first time because you okay. can impress me pretty easily. So. <laughs> Do you have
0: any, any tips about how to like have guests rather than not having guests? You have a podcast, right?
2: Uh, I don't yet. Oh, really? Better okay. watch out though.
0: All right. Well, <laughs> just this is wait. First time we're all <laughs> on a podcast together. Welcome to the studio, first of all. Thanks. And great to have you. I'm a big fan of your videos. I'm sure oh, you already knew that. I've been watching for years since before you took that break. So this is I don't know, how many years have you been making videos now? It's been, it'll be 11 years in December. 11? Does that make you feel old? We've both been doing this
2: forever, man. It's a really long time. It does make me feel old. In fact, in a couple more years, I will be, I will have been doing YouTube longer than I have not been doing YouTube. That's
0: a big step, more than half your life. Yeah. So for the listeners out there who might not know exactly what you do, because you're a tech channel, but how would you describe your videos to someone who hasn't seen them yet? Mm.
2: I would say expect the unexpected. we we mostly focus on apple sure but we do a lot of kind of diy projects and just unusual computer builds stuff that's not so much the norm i guess right for good and bad
0: what's uh what's your
2: last video our last video is a weird one we got a I am not a cinematographer. My videos have never looked as good as yours. And I've never tried to make them look as good as yours because it's a losing (laughs) battle. But uh, I do own a C200 cinema camera and I have a cinematographer that works with me and he's much more talented than I, hence the reason for his job. And I challenged him in a competition, me with the cinema camera and him with an iPhone 11 on who could make a better digital short.
0: Okay. I haven't watched the entire thing yet, but I'm very curious because I've just just finished my iPhone 11 review, and that's got its all its theme or whatever about how easy it is to review. That's a whole separate yeah. thing. But the cameras on this phone have been pretty much the main thing people are talking about, how fantastic of a, a video and photo camera it is. I'm curious. I have a question for you. Sure. And this, because there's an easy way to answer this question, which is it's kind of like a yes or no or like a really exploring it, but do you think you could start a YouTube channel today, in 2019, with just your smartphone camera?
2: Absolutely.
0: And would it be any good?
2: 100%. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I o- I've i always been of the opinion that the content uh, merits more recognition perhaps than the production value, at least from the, the get-go, from the beginning. Right. But. I mean, if you go back and look at our old videos. That's what you got to look back at. And, yeah. And we got viewers from the get-go in 480p. And sure, the expectations are different now. That,
0: yeah, that's what I think about. Because like, you can start a YouTube channel when you look back at our old videos. And you're like, oh, the barrier to entry is like nothing. You yeah. can make an absolutely nothing video, video. But at least you have something <laughs> to say and it's worth putting up. Yeah. But when you do that today, there's all this other expectation and all these other... Uh, things that people are used to when watching videos on YouTube that you might not really have right off the bat. So you kind of have to get your feet wet and explore a little bit of production. Um, But I do agree that there's a way to dive into making videos way before getting into the world of buying a camera. Absolutely. And that's even more true than ever with this new iPhone 11 camera. So that's a a good topic. Absolutely. All right. So I want to talk about uh, some recent news with you. I want to talk Tesla. I'm sure you're shocked, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk Tesla because there's uh, there's always new Tesla news, but the latest thing is what I would consider Tesla's biggest software update yet, version 10. Now, you and I are both Tesla owners. We are. I do not have version 10 on my car, the latest software. Do you have version 10, or are you getting it? It was
2: installed last night, but you I'm here in 10. New York, so I, uh, I, didn't, I have not driven it
0: yet. Okay, so there's a lot happening in version 10. First of all, there are some new I can just sort of run through the features. There are some new games you can play in the arcade mode. Cuphead. Cuphead. um, Never played it, but it's got a great rep. It's a
2: fantastic game. (laughs) I've heard good things. It's so frustrating, but very good.
0: Exactly. And then there's also Netflix, Hulu, and YouTube support. So you can watch full screen, high definition YouTube, Hulu, and Netflix videos, which is pretty impressive. I don't think you can do that while the car is in drive. No. I think you have to be parked, but the fact that you can actually load HD videos. I mean, people have been sending me screenshots of them at a supercharger just watching videos. That's good enough by itself, it's awesome. Um, But it's also on the horizontal screen of the Model 3. And I haven't seen any Model S's with this update yet. And So I'm not exactly sure how mine's gonna look. But Spotify, I'm super ready for Spotify. That's a big big update. I've always been just going from Bluetooth straight into the car and so you lose a little bit of quality through bluetooth and the album art's not always correct and there's other sort of quirks about it but now spotify is built into the car all that is awesome but my favorite feature and this is i use the word favorite loosely here (laughs) but the most interesting feature by far is this smart summon update sure have you seen any of these do you know what smart Summon does absolutely have you I guess you haven't tried it yet, but have you seen any videos of people trying smart summon? I have seen
2: videos for, it's been in beta for months, right? Right. And I've seen some of the old ones and it was so bad. And now (laughs) that it's released, it's only a little bad, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, my, my, or I think Andrew said this first. What did you call it? I said, we're seeing all these videos
1: of it being in like parking lots and seeing it have to interact with humans. And I called it kind of like the Samsung, the Galaxy Fold. (laughs) uh it was something that works perfectly in a controlled environment but when we're seeing it in a parking lot with people just walking across the street and turning out of parking spots it's been pandemonium on twitter it's pretty rough these videos
0: man there's a great video (laughs) and there's there's already like dozens that you can go watch and i think the verge put up a youtube video about how it's just causing chaos Mm -hmm. everywhere uh, but there's a great one of it's like there's two examples one is it's in broad daylight and there's a guy trying to have a pull out of a parking space and he's literally 30 feet from the car but he's just trying it just to see and it tries to pull out the space and then backs in and then tries to pull out again and people are walking past it and like trying to get out the way <laughs> and then a pickup truck tries to pull in the other direction and it's like now trying again in front of the pickup truck so it's blocking traffic now and it just keeps going back and forth for i'm gonna not exaggerate i think a full minute it's trying to get out of this parking space and um, eventually it gets over to him, but it was just a really poor example. But the other example, which is why I think it's like the Galaxy Fold, mm-hmm. is it had a, a sort of a great version where it was pouring rain, and this, company, this family had their, their Model 3 across a rainy parking lot, and instead of walking all the way across the parking lot, they summoned it through the rain to the door of the store, and they were just jogged across the rain into the car. That's one version of Very it cool. where like you get a glimpse into the future, and it's exciting, Um, but I'm just sort of curious about your overall Tesla story, because if I remember correctly, you used to be one of the most outspoken critics about Elon's companies. I was. How, uh, how did that go? Was it the test drive that won you over or was there a whole process there?
2: Yeah. For years I had heard quality control problems of the S and the X and, and I had always had in the back of my mind that Tesla was making cool cars. Yeah. I just didn't feel that their quality merited their price tag. And that you were paying for the technology more so than you were paying for the vehicle itself, uh, and and I'm a, I like driving cars, and yeah. so I had driven a Model S, uh, one of the earlier ones, I believe it was a P85D, okay. and was not impressed by it because while it was fast in a straight line, I felt like the steering was very vague and it just, it didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. It felt like a prototype beta car to me. Mm-hmm. And when the Model 3 came out, they had, as you know, tons of issues trying to get them off the line. Lots of hype, lots Lots of of issues. Lots of delays. They didn't hit their price targets. They had all sorts of quality control issues from the beginning. And as you kind of are in the internet hype mind, it's easy to get kind of caught up in, oh, this thing sucks or whatever, without really having tried it. And I... Finally decided when I was going to go buy a new car that I would j-
0: just for fun, so that I could just eliminate test drive it, it, eliminate mm-hmm. it as an option. Just let just be able to say you tried and exactly. that's why you didn't do and it, and be
2: like, yeah, the Model Three performance. Okay, and I knew that I wasn't going to like the interior. I thought it wasn't that great looking of a car, and I went and I had a ten minute test drive. And then I bought the car.
0: That's all it took. <laughs> it convinced me. That's uh, kind of how my process was. Is I I was I was pretty convinced I wanted one. Sure. But then I did the test drive, and I was like, I'm definitely going to get this car. It was the test drive. It's
2: on. It's really hard to describe. I mean, you have to drive an electric vehicle to really know. Yeah, I agree. The, the regen braking and the acceleration and the the response on the throttle is incredible. There's no turbo lag. The second you push the accelerator, you're going. Yeah. And, and that's been a, that's a been blast. a thing you,
0: you kind of just, you get used to it I and mean, then you you drive another car. Oh, it's and it's horrible. It's very different. There's a couple other things. I've become kind of that guy who's like so used to the Tesla cause it's been three years now. Sure. Um, I had an instance where I went down to family in Florida and I was driving, uh, I think my mom's car to like go get present, present shopping or something mm-hmm. like that. And I had a moment where I got out of the car, closed the door and started walking into the store realized yeah. as I was walking away from the car that it was still on running. and I was walking away from a running car <laughs> because when you get out of it, yeah, you Did get out it. of an electric car and you just get out and it's off There's and no you walk away. Button. Yeah. I had to walk back to the car and turn it off and really shame myself for a second there. So <laughs> this is uh this is the thing that happens. You, you get the test drive, you get either obsessed or you don't care. Most people sort of flip that switch and sure. that's, that's how it happens. And you I know?
2: love the car as it is. I, I think it's, I actually think the interior on the Model 3 is is really good. And the newest Model S's handle way better than the older ones. Have you driven one of the the newest ones? I don't remember what they call those.
0: Uh, They just call it performance now. Yeah, Um,
2: the new refresh, though, they just... I mean, it's not really an interior refresh, but
0: they changed battery
2: pack design. And right, they call
0: it Raven. Right. Yeah. So I, I haven't driven, oh, you've driven a Raven.
2: The handling is so much better than the older Model S's. It's not even funny.
0: Interesting. I'm a I'm a big fan of my car right now, which is obviously a three-year-old, still relatively new car. Your
2: lease is up soon, right? It
0: is. You know what's funny? <laughs> We've talked about how Tesla doesn't do refreshes, but they kind of do. They do. Um, I've been waiting for the inevitable Tesla yeah. refresh, and my lease ended a week ago. and I figured out as I was texting my Tesla rep, you can do a lease extension for up to six months, one month at a time, and it's a bit more expensive, Sure, but it's better than buying an outdated car and then having a refresh happen instantly. So I've extended my lease six months, and now it's up in March. I think that's smart. And they better refresh it by March, or I'm going (laughs) to feel like a terrible... I've I've wasted many, many dollars.
2: <laughs> You've heard it, Elon. Yeah. Let's go. So please it. make it
0: happen. What do you have you seen um also not to keep going into Tesla, keep but going. uh the refresh of uh Model S going around a track and having a, a sort yeah. of track-oriented version. Do you care at all about that? The plaid version. The plaid Model S. I
2: think that's sick because the the main criticism behind Tesla is that it's really fast in a straight line and that's all it can do. Right. And I think the three was the first time Tesla actually kind of proved to people that actually their cars really can handle excellently and the low center of gravity because the battery pack is on the floor is a really big advantage despite the car being my model 3 weighs as much as a ford f-150 yeah and it's a tiny little That's sedan a crazy stat. it's bananas wow it's 4100 pounds yeah but i think with the model 3 they kind of proved that they were capable of it and i think they they further reiterated on that with the raven and so i'm really excited for the new version and eventually what will become the roadster the roadster yeah because i think it's tesla really flexing their muscles and saying we're not i mean we're already very far ahead in terms of powertrain but now we're starting to lock down the categories that we previously quote unquote weren't able to do and -hmm. they're putting other automakers kind of to shame
0: i've kind of thought about this as a whole topic of just talking about the state of electric cars um and i sort of you know we gloss over it before but obviously Porsche made a huge stride of yeah. they're releasing their, their, their Taycan, Taycan, Taycan Sometimes soon. <laughs> um, but it's, it's obviously the, the competition is making both of them take pretty far steps forward. So Which is awesome. awesome. Yeah. We yeah. win. Yeah. We win that
1: way. We do. Sweet. So, uh, every time Mac pro or iMac pro comes up on our channel, we inevitably get a ton of why don't you just build a PC? And then some people understand that we're using Final Cut, so it's why don't you build a a Hackintosh? Yep. I just don't think people understand how complicated (laughs) that is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for people who watch Snazzy, uh, he does a lot of videos on it, a lot of really great videos on it. And I would just love to hear what your thoughts on on Hackintoshes in general are and why it's not just like a go buy a bunch of cheap parts and now you're on macOS. Yeah. What's what's the
0: state of the Hackintosh in... in October 2019.
2: It's kind of a, a weird, it, it's in limbo a little bit. Uh, it's Catalina is proving to be a little bit difficult okay. um, because of all the new security features built into the OS. Um, there are Catalina builds running pretty well, uh, but Mojave was kind of, I think, peak Hackintosh. And, and every year, it's kind of the reverse. I mean, we there's almost this kind of renaissance of, of hackintoshing right now because you look at, like, iOS jailbreaks. Yeah. They're completely different, by the way, but there's a little bit of parallel. They were really popular in the early days of the iPhone when the hardware was new, and then it became increasingly difficult as Apple started patching exploits, and, and now it's basically not a thing Yeah. unless you have. Did you hear about the latest thing from the…
0: No. The What's the latest every,
2: thing? Every every phone from the iPhone 4s to the iPhone 10 uh-huh. can be permanently jailbroken because of a bootloader exploit.
0: Oh, a quick bug and so somebody forever, found. So forever, it
2: can always be jailbroken. It's a really big deal. Nice. Wow. Anyway, so if you're on those, huh. that's a whole different. Sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm getting off topic. So you look at the you look at the Mac because Apple's hardware year by year is becoming more and more similar to everyone else's hardware. They do have the the T two chip in, in their Macs that does SSD controlling and boot security. But yeah. it really is it's a PC. Right. right? There, there's nothing inherently Especially the special latest, about a Mac.
0: The newest Mac Pro that's coming out soon. Oh, yes yeah. is, is a tower and exactly. we'll be able to see a lot of those parts.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So there's not really anything super special about the specific hardware. And so it's been increasingly easy to trick the bootloader, to trick the EFI is what they call it, the the piece of software that talks to the chipset on the motherboard that convincing it that it's a pc it's legit yeah and yeah. so i think in the last year or so it's actually really easy to make a hackintosh almost huh. to the point where there's almost a universal install guide for everyone to get the system booted and ready to go now there are you know getting your network card to work and bluetooth yeah. sometimes is a little hassle
0: so there, there's always be, that would be a, a really big step so for those who don't know a long time ago I did a Hackintosh build because a really I, was, long time ago. I was in a similar spot <laughs> and I don't even remember what version of macOS this was, but I wanted to try macOS. I didn't even have a software reason. I wasn't on Final Cut yet, sure. but I was like, I'd like to try a Mac. Um, I had a Mac mini, but I was like, I want to do a Hackintosh and have like a really powerful machine. And at that point it was like, well, there's only a couple different motherboards and a couple different CPUs and graphics cards. Yeah. And you have to follow, you know, a certain build guide that's been proven to work and you can sort of go through these steps and maybe it'll probably work. Yeah. And if you can get it to work and you follow these steps perfectly, then you have a Hackintosh and you have a PC that will boot on Mac OS 10 or whatever version it was. Uh, my biggest downside with my Hackintosh that I built was you could not turn it off.
2: Yeah, or put it to sleep. You couldn't put it to sleep. Never
0: update it. Never update it. So I had, I, yeah, I had mine running, if there was a security issue, I could not update Mac OS, so I had a constantly on, always running uh, Hackintosh for probably about a year there. And (laughs) I gave it a shot, but it's good to know that it's actually gotten easier. But now we're coming up on the new Mac Pro coming out. yeah, And obviously that's gonna be much more expensive, but it seems like the Hackintosh scene is gonna keep thriving.
2: It is, it really depends. I mean, what you say still holds merit. I think it's important to consider A, your budget, and be what kind of work you're expecting to do on your Hackintosh. Because it is inarguable, and people will try to argue with you, that that building a Hackintosh is not only not easier to make, but once it's up, that it's not always a sunny day. Mm -hmm. There are sometimes issues with system updates. There are sometimes issues about hardware incompatibilities. especially if you're working in a pro workflow, some video codecs are not enabled or they're slower, they're throttled or they're limited. And so people ask me as the guy who makes a lot of Hackintoshes on his channel, why do you have an iMac pro in the background? And my answer is because it always works all the time, 100%. And a Hackintosh, no matter how good it is, cannot do that. And to me, it's not worth it to have to, even if it's only troubleshooting, you know, one or two hours a year, that's more than I want to have to do.
0: Exactly. And when it comes to support or when it even comes to something like, like, like you said, a bug being found, yeah. where you have to update macOS real quick because, you know, you don't want that security yeah. vulnerability. You just can't make that happen quite as easily on a Hackintosh. So,
2: and when you think about it, it doesn't sound that surprising. Like, wow. Yeah. It's well, literally called hack well, it's a account. Hackintosh. <laughs> it's kind of a hack <laughs> together we, thing. Yeah. Something we slap together it doesn't work 100% all the time. How weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: no it's it's a fun world. I'm glad it, I'm glad it still is a thing that people work on and it's a, it's an option for some people. Like you sure. said, you have to know what you want to do with it, but I am I'm with you where I, like I know exactly what I want to do on my computer and that does not include troubleshooting and small things like that. So I've yeah. been on this iMac Pro. I am unbelievably ready for the Mac Pro. Oh, dude, and dual so monitors. Am I. I'm so ready for it. Do you know like you're definitely going to get absolutely do you you know what spec you're gonna get or you're just gonna see what happens so (laughs) pricing has yet to be announced exactly that's gonna
2: be a pretty large part of it we want to buy a base model and then see how far we can push the upgrades as part of a video smart but i think if it's anything like the iMac Pro which i'm led to believe it's going to be relatively similar Mm -hmm. Apple likes to keep the same ASP average sales price uh, across their line and Mm. so what you generally see is that as you upgrade the machine, the machine upgrades are actually pretty reasonable. Okay. They used to charge you an arm and a leg for RAM and for RAM, CPU upgrades. Always and, RAM, yeah. And it's still rough, but by the time you do it yourself, you're really not saving much money, if any at all. Okay. And because this is an open box, right? The Mac Pro, you pull off the side panel and you're ready to go. Yeah. I can't imagine Apple's going to rip people off because they just won't do it.
0: I can definitely imagine Apple ripping people off. <laughs> I'll just <laughs> put that out there. I can definitely imagine that.
2: Yeah, but if you can if you can replace the RAM yourself in five minutes, yes, are I think they charge mean, double for that.
0: Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> I've se- I've seen over the years, and I've thought the same thing. And I guess you can't upgrade the RAM in a lot of these computers that I'm remembering in recent memory. Sure. But like, they would charge like you know, one and a half times the price of the RAM that you could yeah. upgrade yourself. That's maybe good um, I don't know if maybe the, the average customer of the Mac Pro is less likely to do that or if they're going to just buy whatever they think well, will work from Apple. Because there's the going to be right? enterprise customers that just buy the completed that's box. That's buying this machine. And yeah.
2: education market, and they don't want to pay some IT guy to switch out the RAM. They exactly. just want it ready to go.
0: Yeah, so that might happen. So uh, we'll see. But uh, I, I hope have, not. I ha- yeah, I hope not. <laughs> but I have high hopes for this Mac Pro. I'm also, I'm curious because we're both creators and, and right. we edit video and things like that all the time. Are you a dual monitor guy? You have the the iMac Pro, so you're just a one monitor guy.
2: I am a one monitor man, and I always have been.
0: Really? I even had a PC for for a while that I
2: was using back in my Premiere days. Yeah, that I was using for vid- ed- video editing, and I tried t- two monitors, didn't like it, and went back to one. Oh my god,
0: I I've been I <laughs> when I was in high school, I was a triple monitor guy, and when I went to college, one of those I went down, yeah, one of those PCMR. I I eventually <laughs> turned I into a, a dual a dual monitor guy, yeah, and you know that was that was kind of my my sweet spot of like having the amount of real estate I need. The sure. bezels have to be thin enough. Like I, I there's certain monitors I like for that, um, but geez, I've been. On this iMac Pro with these thick bezels for a while <laughs> and I've been just itching to have dual monitors again and that's a big reason why I'm excited for the Mac Pro. That's a good reason. Is also to just have ports right in front of me and dual monitors. And you can't throw another monitor next to the iMac. People it do it and it look looks right. weird and I see that all the time. Like I three see that inches in between them. It doesn't look great. No. Yeah, and the way it looks has way too much of an effect on how I feel about it. Unfortunately
2: so. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Uh
1: so people who don't know Quinn that well, uh or they might not even know about it if they only follow you on YouTube and not on Twitter, but you have a, a pretty active Periscope. Uh, Maybe not pretty active, but you're
2: on Periscope. I am the More last often, man using Periscope. It might possibly be You're welcome, be Jack the last, Dorsey.
1: I love it. <laughs> um, They're hilarious, first oh, of all. Oh, thanks. Uh, I specifically remember one when a bunch of mainstream media reporters got mad that Apple invited a ton of creators to do some early <laughs> shoots and you just kind of went off on them. Um, I've watched it multiple times. I tried to find it. I couldn't this morning. But probably um, for the better. Does really? the app still work? Yeah,
2: well, Periscope app. I do it through Twitter.
0: Okay, so it probably isn't much of a Periscope app.
1: I think you can
2: see archived Periscopes through the Periscope app. Okay but
0: (laughs) through the app. Okay. I was just online
1: trying to do it, but uh, every week it's different. Twitter never (laughs) knows
2: what they're doing. So true.
1: So, so live streaming is something you're obviously very good at. It's extremely entertaining. And I was just wondering if since Periscope, like you said, you might be the last person on there. Why Periscope? Why Periscope? Do you have any plans in the future for going somewhere <laughs> else live, live stream? I mean, is live just something that you do for fun every once in a while and don't consider it the same yeah, as your videos? It, okay.
0: it
2: is. I I have thought in certain times to do a video live stream, but I don't like the idea of putting less polished off the cuff content on my mm-hmm. main channel. And then I don't really want to. The, the reality is I'm I'm lazy. I don't want to have (laughs) to spend time starting a new channel and making it my live streaming channel or utilizing something like Instagram Live because my largest social following other than YouTube is, is Twitter. Okay. And so that's generally where I do stuff. And I'm hyperactive on Twitter to the point where I really got to stop because it's a big waste of time. (laughs) I don't get anything (laughs) in return. (laughs) All right, (laughs) Elon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, it's just a place for me to spill my thoughts and it's been fun, but I've been, one of the reasons I'm looking into starting a podcast is because I want to do it
1: a little more polished without having to go out and make a full blown And a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, I, I was watching it and I was like, Instagram T V kind of made sense for this and I then yeah. I was like I don't even know how to get to Instagram T V so yeah. I, I looked at I don't think you have one and Is the button still there? I don't even think the button's still the there. The button's I don't think, I think you the have the button's a button. gone. And you then, have a button. Yeah. You oh, don't I, button. well it's on my profile. Yeah. Yeah, it's on your profile. but then that would just be my ID IG- Yeah, It used TV to be channel. on the
0: home feed, right? You used to have one at the top of the home feed, yeah. and I don't know so if like gone. blink orange for a while to make sure you knew it was there. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun time. They were <laughs> like, "Please, this is all we want you to click." We tried. Vertical videos. But, the please future. click this. Yeah, and then there was a, a little bit where I mean, there oh, it's is. Still there. It's still there, and but it's, still it's not red. colored. It's, yeah. Wait, I got what? a little dot. Oh, it is there? Okay. Granted, well, I well, don't well. have a badge on the app icons, so, so that's our good. our brains have ignored that that yeah. there for a little while. It <laughs> yeah. may as well just, not uh, exist because there's a separate IGTV app, and no one no really downloads that. Yeah, there's a separate app, but that's where you would like explore and find what's trending and all that stuff. At this point, now people don't really do that. They'll no. find it in like the Explore tab on Instagram Explore, mm-hmm. which is a good integration. But yeah. uh, do you IG Instagram live stream at all or no? Almost never. Yeah, I've tried it
2: a couple times, but. I just don't have enough people to follow. And then I, I feel like because it's not, is it viewable after the fact now? I guess it is now. For 24 it, hours, like 24 hours. Hours. for a yeah, while, yeah. it didn't used to be. Oh. And oh, right. So right. it was like, if you're not there, then it's done for. And I liked the Periscope was archived. Right. And they're still archived. So you can watch my, the Periscopes I did years ago right. today. Instagram would disappear. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know. I feel, I, I love them too, by the way. <laughs> I think I think live streams are a whole separate skill. It's and very different. It's it's something where like uh, a lot of people would ask why YouTubers who hate YouTube so much, why don't they go to Twitch? Because Twitch is this, this big mm-hmm. competitor. But this gigantic element of that is that live streaming is a different skill. And, and broadcasting mm-hmm. and sort of being on for this this extended period of time and, and knowing how to transition through things, all of that is a whole skill that I I don't have, that I, I would love to see if you, know, you can learn but, it as well as YouTube.
2: But I think you you do or you did to an extent i mean you go back and watch our old videos and yeah. a lot of them were shot in one take or a couple cuts in the yeah, video but they
0: weren't that good like i and i watch true. i watch twitch streamers that's now <laughs> who will stream for like hours oh, and, they, and be on for hours and they don't yeah. stop and that's some that's that's its own thing that's true i guess so that's what i'm t- i don't have that that's amazing to see but like i don't know i've, I've seen like you know great periscopes and i'm like damn that was great i wish i could do that <laughs> do, that do awesome. you think
1: part of it is you could do it in one take because you knew if you did mess up you could go back and then edit it whereas mm. live streaming you know like people are watching this already if if i mess something up they, that might be they part of it. it yeah yeah the, i still do that yeah i
0: yeah. guess just the fact but it's also like kind of fun i do instagram live stuff sometimes i'll do unboxings sure. or just like random q a's just when there's time. Yeah, those are fun. You can just talk to people in the comments and they'll we'll just yeah. go back. I hate that there's like a minute of lag. That's like the worst part of it. Because sometimes bad. someone asks a question. Periscope is quicker. Is it really, really? Yeah, okay? It's probably ten seconds. See, this is the best pitch for Periscope. See, yeah, let's just bring Periscope back. I bring think it back, what we baby. Found out of it. Bring yeah. it back to the I'll start I'll start periscoping again. Oh we'll see how that goes. I'm gonna Periscope today. Let's That's do ha- it. it's gonna really? happen. I'm gonna periscope today. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh yeah, no, I, I think it's fun. I'm a fan of the Periscopes. So. We love it. We've had
1: Probably every time you periscope something about Tesla, we've like actually stopped production in here and listened to it. Especially <laughs> oh, no. when you were oh, when, no. <laughs> when you were a little more into it and and coming from your Mercedes into your Tesla and had a lot of
0: great Tesla. Remember. It was that it was, was a great phase. It was incredible. It was mm. such a fun. I, I don't get to observe. You know. It, you know what it is? It's because it's so honest. Like that yeah. perspective of like, okay, I've had this car and my mind was just changed by something, and this is my real honest like first was the day one you had the car you did yeah. like a periscope and like your real true feelings about like how you feel looking at things very mixed feelings are coming sure, out sure. like trying to balance yourself about how you feel like that's a uh, that's real
2: i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah
0: that's the kind of stuff i, I want to see more on periscope or ig tv or instagram live yeah anyway uh we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll do some q a from your glorious twitter questions So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at aorus.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. All right. Welcome back. So this is our first Q&A with uh, more than two people. So we'll all just go through the replies of the, the tweets of what people want to know either from you, Quinn, or from... All of us or any of us, we can just go and see what kind of good questions people have. Sure. All right. I have a good one near the top here. Okay. What piece of tech do you have the most nostalgia for? Oh,
2: I guess nostalgia implies it's something you've used, right?
0: Right. Some. I, I think I have a pretty good answer Let's for me. Let's Mine is uh, the original Motorola Droid. Really? So that was my first ever Android phone but I remember specifically I was on Verizon when this phone came out and yeah. the iPhone was still AT&T only and I was like, I want a smartphone and that's the one I want, but I can't get it. And then they launched this gigantic anti-iPhone campaign about Droid does, Droid does and all these robotic things. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of tight. I like that. So I bought the original Motorola Droid, I unboxed it. That was my first ever phone review. And uh, I was really into that phone. That's that's my nostalgia piece. I still have one.
2: That's a good answer.
0: Yeah. Do you have a favorite favorite piece,
1: nostalgic one? I'd probably go Xbox. The first Xbox is probably mm. just like the. Xbox. I don't even play on console anymore, but that was the epitome of my like my gaming experience. I remember <laughs> land parties at a friend's house, dragging my living room tv into the back of my mom's car to go to really? my friend's <laughs> house set it up there'd be eight of us playing halo or gears of war or something and did you bring an
0: xbox or you had a friend i, with I would xbox? bring he had an
1: xbox i had an xbox you bring it over you have to get ethernet cables and connect system all of link. them yeah it's yeah. system Whoa. link that's what you had to do he had a big living room so there would just be tvs back to back everyone sitting in the same room just playing halo it was Wow, is incredible. I miss I miss those days a lot. Online yeah. play is is fun and way easier, but I miss everyone going Having to the friends. same house. Yeah. yeah. Huh. no <laughs> real <laughs> life friends. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, mine has got to be the iMac G three, mostly okay. because it was the first computer, the first piece of tech that I ever really got. It was the Bondi Blue model or Bondi ba- Blue. I, that's it. bonsai blue. Bondi. B-O-N-D-I, okay. Bondi Blue. It's an Australian something, and huh. every time they get mad at me for saying it the wrong way, so okay, sorry, Australia. We just spell it and <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, it was the first Mac I ever had, first computer I ever had. Played a lot of humongous games on there, Backyard Sports. You ever played that?
0: I love <laughs> Backyard <laughs> yeah, Basketball. Yeah, man. Backyard Basketball was awesome. Yeah, I was yeah.
2: Backyard's baseball guy, but yeah, that's yeah. kind of where my first uh, interaction with technology was. Okay. And Apple.
0: Is that the one that's over there in that box? Yeah, yeah. I have an unopened iMac from back in those days. I uh, we I remember that from. uh, I had one in school actually. So the the teacher was whatever classroom iMac or something like that. But yeah, you could play like solitaire or whatever little. I think it was Tetris actually. A Hmm. bunch of games on it. Um, So the schools had those. So that was some of my first pieces of tech. I also remember my first piece of tech I ever bought with my own money was a second gen iPod Touch. Wow. And that was before my YouTube channel, before anything on video. Um, broad school, it was stolen from me within like a week. It was great. Oh, that's <laughs> it was so heartbreaking. Sad. I called my mom crying, like mom, I need to <laughs> I need to go back to the Apple store. <laughs> <laughs> I need to follow a police report. Um, yeah, that was a fun time.
2: All right, so I've got a question for you. All right. This one comes from Twitter. Is ten eighty p still acceptable for a flagship smartphone display, like the new OnePlus 7T and Note 10?
0: Okay, so the way he asked that question, if you hadn't given the example of one 7T, mm-hmm. I would have said given that I would have said it's it's more of a no. But if mm-hmm. you do consider that a flagship, then yes. So flagship, sure. <laughs> the word flagship implies it's the highest end, uh, the torchbearer for your technology. This is the bleeding edge of what you can offer. Yeah. Um, acceptable, yes. Ideal, no. You'd want it to be fourteen forty. That would be amazing. Um, but in What's a phone eleven. In the iPhone 11, it's 828. Yeah, it's P. low. It's low. low, and that's I think a lit. It's barely acceptable. Like people accept it, but begrudgingly. Like it, it really okay. could be much better. That's fair. I agree. Um, so 1080p is acceptable. Yeah. Okay. Sure.
2: With the, I'm fascinated by the iPhone 11. The the argument that's made, and I think at least historically, it was mm-hmm. a good one, is that the battery lasts better. True. Because the GPU doesn't have to work as hard.
0: This was always an argument OnePlus made when they never yeah. went to fourteen forty P all the way up until this year with yeah. the OnePlus Seven Pro. They're always like, Look, it's OLED. It's gonna last a long time at ten eighty and it's good enough for you. So it's and good they enough. Really were good to and space. they were right. Yeah. 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 But uh I don't know. Acceptable is the word they chose. So okay. I think it's acceptable.
2: I agree, I guess. I, I focus more on kind of the color science and the brightness of the backlight. I mean, I look at the iPhone eleven display. And there are displays that are 1080p, some even 1440p, that I think look worse than that display. Now, not yep. less sharp, because they are sharper. Right. But the colors bad, and the backlighting is uneven. The
0: evenness, exactly. The color is
2: super yellow or weird yeah. blue.
0: The viewing angles. A lot of things are also are also to be considered i think it really comes down to like what you're looking at so if you're a normal person who's just looking at the screen head-on and you don't necessarily care about a lot of the smaller things it's kind of like judging a car by the zero to 60 yeah it's like well there are plenty of cars that don't have the zero to 60 of like the tesla for example but there's 85 other things that it does in ways that you might like and on a track exactly yeah it would beat it so yeah there's there's other ways to judge a screen Aside from just resolution, okay. So if you can hit those other things well, then you know I'll accept ten eighty p. So make good
2: screens, everyone,
0: please. As a pixel peeper, please make good screens. I have one actually from a CDF man. So snazzy Q. What is your favorite thing in MKBHD studio? Also, what is your favorite and least favorite tech product out right now?
2: Wow, that's a loaded question. It's a lot. All right. Well, my favorite thing in the studio right now, currently, mm-hmm. has got to be Mac over there on the couch. <laughs> Same. He just looks adorable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just guarding the door. He's been surprisingly quiet for this he recording. He's yeah, he's just yeah. chilling.
0: Uh, favorite and least favorite tech product. I feel like I think about this sometimes, and there's no real good answer. Or some people say best and worst. Like, what's the worst product that came out this year? Yeah. Um, and that's so hard to answer because. I've I think I said this on the last episode where uh the Royal Flex Pie was like
1: mm, it is a bad, pretty
0: horrible phone. like it was an attempt at a folding phone. it did okay, but like it had a lot of things that were really bad about it. But at the same time, it's, kind of it's a big folding deal. Yeah. phone, which is like kind of amazing. Yeah. So I, I you know, I kind of have to weigh that with it. So I feel like the really, truly bad products we don't even really have in here. <laughs> it's just that's they're not gonna make it to store true. shelves yeah. yeah all right i have a good one now from uh mx johnson max i think andrew this is pretty much for you but okay. we'll see how it goes do you guys uh like camping or going on hikes and if yes are you the guy that leaves all the tech behind or are you the guy with two power banks and a solar charger <laughs> just in case so i love camping and hiking. Um We've been going to a lot of national
1: parks the last couple of years, and it's been super, super fun. And we had a quick podcast talking about bringing cameras to them and what's a good form factor and all that. Uh, I don't bring power banks on any of them. Um, (laughs) Solar charger? uh, No, no solar charger. (laughs) I I can't imagine. I I don't think I've ever hiked and sat down long enough to get anything, any type of excess from that. I think a big thing is when you're out in a lot of the like more remote areas, you don't get service out there. So there, it's not like you're looking at Twitter on on your hike. they are long it's hikes. True. You're not really using your phone that much. You pop it out to take a picture. And if you're bringing a DSLR, you're never on your phone. Uh, I guess the only thing I could think of is playing music, but you never want to be that person hiking in the backwoods, like yeah. blasting music out loud. Uh, so if anyone's doing that, please don't. Don't be uh, that guy. Uh, yeah, don't be that guy. So yeah. I, I wouldn't say I totally disconnect. If I had the chance there probably would be things that if I found something really cool that I thought would be fun while hiking that was tech related. Yeah. Yeah, I do it. I don't try to disconnect, but I
0: don't wind up using a lot of tech out there. Yeah. I think the thing about solar, I thought that was funny, but also solar. there's there's a whole uh, conversation about putting solar panels on cars. Mm -hmm. um and i think we we'd had a lot of time with uh, a karma rivera which had a solar panel on the roof and that collected exactly enough energy to power the instrument cluster in the dashboard (laughs) it's not recharging your car so solar panels are not at the uh, efficiency level that you'd want them to be to really be useful on the go so just a fun fact
1: quinn you're out in utah I there's am out your probably town. some good hiking and stuff out there you said you visit montana sometimes there's some so.
2: amazing hiking where i'm at i'm i'm in the rockies the whole area is amazing i'm not I'm not no. a camping guy
1: you know hmm. day
2: hikes absolutely day, yeah i'll 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 camp begrudgingly once but hiking i'm all i'm all for hiking yeah, it's amazing i, out I
1: there. think i prefer hiking camping sometimes i went out to colorado and i wish i camped just because of when I visited a friend at a campsite and saw the stars and they got to wake up to the sun hitting the mountains and stuff what that are was stars. incredible. Yeah, we don't, do not get stars. Like, we have you stars? probably get stars.
2: <laughs> we get amazing stars. So you can go glamping. We'll do a trip every year. Mm-hmm. It's the best trip of the year. Lake Powell. Okay. So, Glen Canyon Dam, this massive, enormous lake that's basically the Grand Canyon okay. but filled with water. Nice. And you get a houseboat. So, you, there's air conditioning and beds. That sounds.
0: But incredible. you're still outside.
2: you can You bring a wakeboard boat and you can go water skiing. You're still in nature. You can go hiking. But then you have you know a nice meal and a cozy bed. Yeah,
0: that's the way to do it.
1: Yeah, I'm for that. I'm yeah. not the kind of guy who needs to be roughing it. I can enjoy the outdoors while understanding
0: that I have the luxuries of the modern day world <laughs> with me. It's 2019. Yeah. Let's yeah. not get carried yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, oh, I have one. Uh, just about. It's this is so in the weeds, but that's what a podcast is for. Tech videos, what's your preferred aspect ratio, 2 to 1 or 16 by 9?
2: Mm, that's a good question. Yeah? I publish in 2 to 1.
0: Okay. I when j- did you when did you switch over? Because uh, we were all 16 by 9 a couple years ago. Yeah, I
2: feel like we all, I mean, John did it first, I think, right? I would say, Is yeah. that true? That's probably fair. And then you were pretty soon after. Yeah. And I think after, I'd like to copy Marquez, so... After Marques did it, <laughs> I was like, all right, we'll do it.
0: I think it's been about a year. Yeah. Maybe since a lot of us switched. I think uh, I think Pixel right. was our first video. So yeah, right. Pixel three year. review. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, right about about a year. Um I I will say I, I still like sixteen by nine for some things. I like something about the the frame, and this is also part of just the way the red sensor looks, but of, of using the full width of that really big sensor. It looks super good in two to one, so I'm 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 all about just using as much of the sensor as possible. Uh, so this is this is at Quinn, but
1: I think I would kind of be interested in Marquez in this. We'll just change it a little. So it says, uh, "How does SnazzyQ find Mac tricks? What's his process when he makes these videos?" But uh, I think just in general, mm-hmm. a lot of tech YouTubers find tips and tricks about different things, and not all of them figure it out themselves. So, what's a proce- Like, where are you guys looking to find all these these cool tricks? Sure.
2: So I've been using the Mac basically since I was born. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as I was able to use a computer, I was on a Mac. My dad's always been an Apple guy. um, So he's the one that cursed me from birth, I suppose. Anyway, uh, just because of how long I've been using the Mac, I I kind of know a lot of power user shortcuts and features. But there are so many things in these operating systems that you just continue to learn more and more every day. And I've been caught red-handed a couple times where I'm showing some trick off in Safari and people are like, hey, you just Googled for Mac tips. (laughs) So there are a few that I have to look around the web for, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think a lot of, uh, you might be referring to Android, but like there's a lot of little little quick niche things that you just find, sometimes by accident, honestly. Totally. You'll do something by accident. You'll be like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. But also I've never seen it do that. What just happened? Mm -hmm. And you'll just sort of take note. Um, And then maybe you get an idea of I'd like to put all the, safari tips in one place and just recall as many things as you can and and pull from other places so it's sort of a nice way to put all the information in one place i think that's kind of our job at the end of the day is to combine as much information as we can into one place um and hopefully have it be entertaining so if that works then mission accomplished i like this question maybe we can end on it what do you think of the xiaomi mi mix alpha So I don't know if you've seen it, but if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this podcast, just Google Xiaomi Mi Mix Alpha. Good luck spelling that. Uh, Google the phone that the glass curves all the way around to the back because this is a a very interesting looking concept phone where we, we like to talk about screen to body ratio all the time. You know, the more screen you have, the less bezel you have, the better your screen to body ratio an 80 to 85% screen to body ratio is pretty good. You have a little little sliver on the forehead and chin. Mm-hmm. Um, 90% and above is really good. Maybe you just have a little cutout for the front face and camera. Uh, this phone, I think they said has like 180% yeah, screen to of, body were ratio. Were they gonna go over 100 <laughs> They before? did I didn't go, think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they only do that because the screen curves around the sides and all the way around to the back of the phone, and then there's just a rectangular strip on the back. Um, with the camera strip basically. So you're, you're just holding a screen. You're holding glass. It's There's so many questions about it. How 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 f- fragile is it gonna be? Is it gonna yeah. break every time it even looks at a concrete surface? Um, what are you touching when you're touching the back of the phone? Is that gonna respond to your mm-hmm. touch or is it just dead pixels back there? What's going on? Um, how do you guys feel about this screen to body ratio going over 100% for the Mi Mix Alpha?
2: <laughs> my question would be why? But at the same time, I said that for the original Mi Mix and the Mi Mix 2, yep. which if we look at the current smartphone market, all of the new phones look like that phone. The Mi Mix, yeah. Yeah. So maybe Xiaomi's on to something. At the same time, I asked myself, why do I want a screen on the back of my phone? Because it, maybe I, there have been phones in the past where there are like dual displays. So you flip the phone over and there's multitasking on a separate workspace, so to speak. Yeah but because that camera strip is there you don't really have a full display on the back it's right. like two weird little
0: it's you know what it is uh or what it, the way it seems to me is it's just them flexing literally that they can <laughs> curve a screen like that so yes the meemix Mi cool. yeah the Mi mix has been sort of pioneering for this whole like aesthetic of smartphones that we have of very very small bezels and huge screens um i don't know if this is them Going further into the future of smartphones, or if this is just them going further into the future of less bezels, yeah, (laughs) and and it's very specific. Um, I like Samsung's
2: strategy more.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any features for that back screen.
1: I can't think think of any reason.
0: Yeah, I don't think there were there any details. I mean, with the
1: strip on the back, you're. It's not even a full screen on the back. What could you be putting
0: on there? I've read a couple articles about it, and as far as I know, they just keep showing your wallpaper back there as you use the phone. And maybe they'll update it and they'll come up with some cool features like a you know, a little tiny mini app to go something. on the back, yeah. a timer. I don't know yeah. what it is, but as far as I know, there's no actual concrete reason or a use case to put a screen. Across the sides and the back, they had you know tickers going down the side for things like yeah. that. But the back screen—I mean, it looks good. The marketing is going to look fantastic for yeah. it. But the then best you're part of it, it and... okay, here's the best part of it: the charging animation, which was oh, someone replied with the charging animation. If you plug the phone in, basically all of the phone lights up as if it's like a candy bar, like charging the entire thing. It looks um, like the phone icon. Yeah, That's kind of cool. Yeah, wait. I'm going I'm to find it and show it to a- you. And it's cause... perfect because you're going to be charging that thing a, a <laughs> I was lot. I just going to say the yeah, same. thing. That's <laughs> keep my battery. <laughs> is that a confirmed what the animation is? Or? Uh, I think it was on Xiaomi's site, so this is okay. what they're planning. But let me find the charging animation. Oh, here's a use case. Oh, Smaller cool. apps on the back. Okay. Okay. Well, that's neat, I guess uh here's a charging animation though people went nuts for this
2: okay that's that's really cool. looks that good. looks
0: like the future yeah. yeah if i'm being honest um who wants to describe that to the people
1: listening in the car right now
0: i mean if you picture a phone with this display spilling over the edges and onto the back you're kind of just looking at what looks like a it i looks guess like a, you're
1: filling up a glass with water glass, sideways yeah. yeah
0: just because the rest of the pixels are dark you have this this like pouring juice into the phone type mm-hmm. of look from that cable. It's pretty awesome, not gonna lie. It's really dumb, but I want it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm with you. All right. Well, that's pretty much all the time we have. Thank you so much Quinn for joining us Thanks for this for inaugural me. guest episode of Waveform. And listen, if you're if you're one of the people listening to this, obviously we've opened up a lot of people talking and rating on Apple Podcasts and tweeting at us what you guys think, but your feedback is always uh, awesome and appreciated so thank you for that and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on the show we'll have more guests on and we'll we'll keep getting better from here so thanks for joining us
1: thank you everyone for listening we still haven't reached our apple podcast review goal, so we're just gonna throw the offer out there that when that hits five we we'll do our hot one style question and answer this broadcast was brought to you in production with studio 71 our intro outro music was by cameron barlow and of course our special guest was snazzy labs Quinn Nelson. Look him up on YouTube. Subscribe on Twitter, on Periscope. I know you're all still on Periscope. Catch you guys in the next one.